Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the third episode of the Curzon podcast in Canterbury. Uh, I am here, I'm Helen Seymour, and I'm here with Sam. Morning. Hello, Sam. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, so yeah, this week we're talking, uh, the film of the week is Spotlight, which was released on Friday. So as usual, we're going to be spending the next half an hour, 40 minutes talking about the film in all its details. Uh, obviously, we'll get to a point and we'll start talking about third act stuff. So there'll be a spoiler warning there. But uh, for now, let's dive straight in, shall we? Should we do a quick sum up of the plot? Yeah, a little bit of context. So Spotlight is about the uh, real life case where reporters from the Boston Globe um, uncovered the scandal in the Catholic Church, <clears throat> where they were covering up um, histories of sex, sex abuse against the children um, commit, uh, committed by the priests in the church. Um, it took place, I think it's, two, it's 2000, was it? 2000, 2001? Uh, so we start the story in 2001, mm-hmm. and I think... It goes into 2000 and... Is it just a year? Maybe? I think it may be a year or two. Yeah. yeah. Early 2000s. Um, yeah, so uh, maybe just a little bit more weird context. Um, the director of this, Tom McCarthy, who has made very good films. He did The Station Edge with Peter Dinklage and a film called Win Win with Paul Giamatti. But his last film before this was a film called The Cobbler. With Adam Sandler. With Adam Sandler. <laughs> and it's terrible. So it's so weird for go to, to go to that, to this. Is it about a shoemaker? It's about a shoemaker who, it's... whenever he puts on people's shoes, he becomes them. Is that who Adam Sandler is? Yes. There's a big conspiracy about Adam Sandler. Do you know this? Go ahead. I know I can't remember it. That's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) It's something about how... um, Oh, I know. that All the films that he makes... It's they're just huge like advertising things and all these like subtle. That's not surprising. <laughs> there's all these. There's a big like thing on YouTube that's not one of those horrendous conspiracy things. It's like film reviewers going through all of his films and right. just. I think it's on for like an okay. hour, and they just. <laughs> sorry, I've gone onto a huge. I don't really like Adam Sandler. No, you why. no. that's why it's not surprising me that yeah. all his films are adverts. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, so to go from that to this is really bizarre for a filmmaker because this is incredible like I was speechless for a while actually when this finished to be honest me too yeah and it's not often like 
a film like this because people like physical reactions to films usually comes from horror films so like, oh it made me feel sick I was trembling I thought both of those in this I was shaking with anger at one point me too I felt this, like sort of acidy bile feeling in my stomach uh-huh. like oh this is horrible and yet it's all done without anything overly dramatic yeah so I think the one of the best things about the film is it doesn't sensationalise no, not the story. At all. Yeah. Um, it just tells the story as close to possible as yeah, how it actually close happened. to reality. Of Spotlight, which are a sort of subgroup of the Boston Globe. Yeah. They, that's sort of their page is Spotlight. And they do these investigative stories. Yeah. Um, and it's how they uncovered this huge corruption within the Catholic Church of um, priests abusing children and then when they were found out, nothing was done about it. Um, The priests were just moved on. Normally um, bishops knew about it as well and they would just um, move them to another district. And the lawyers as well, there's this sort of... There's almost two stories going on where you've got the corruption in the Catholic Church and then on the other hand, the sort of how the lawyers dealt with this and how the lawyers actually often made money from this. Yeah. Which is quite sick as well. Incredibly sick. Um, yeah, it's by no means an easy film at all. Um, so be warned. I mean, it's not, you don't see anything. It's kind of yeah, like a room, that's I guess. Right. Yeah. And it's just purely based on the subject matter. It's always going to be a hard, hard film to swallow, I guess. Um, but they get around that very well and very sensitively. And I think it's important that you really don't really see any priests and you don't really no. hear from any priests <laughs> because yeah. it's not about them it's all about the victims and the abused it's not about the abuser at all they're almost irrelevant at the end yeah there's no kind of horrible flashbacks no um that even show sort of suggestions of priests with children or anything like that despite that it it is a difficult watch because of the subject matter and there are moments where they talk to the survivors yeah, and they of do abuse go into details. and yeah. they go into detail. So obviously, like a heads up, you yes. might be talking about that, we should probably say, like, yeah, you might find that difficult. Yeah, Maybe you... you've got kids about, like, just say Absolutely, heads yeah. up. Yeah. Should we go into performances? Do a yeah, general kind of thing? Yeah, we just sort of do a general... Yeah, because otherwise we're sort of... Who's into... who and we're going to be talking about... Because there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of actors in this, actually. I, I sort of got a bit lost okay. at one not lost but just who is Robbie like I know I like at one point at the start they're like oh Robbie did a good speech yeah and I was like which one was Robbie is that Michael Keaton or is that the other yeah. guy and it's completely yeah. fine and in the end you totally uh, absolutely like but... not by the end and also there's a couple of things like um John Slattery's character he's the guy with the like shock white hair yes I was like what is his job like, yeah he, sometimes he was in charge of them uh, obviously I, <clears throat> after an hour I was perfectly fine yeah, but, and it's not... You can totally follow the story. Oh, absolutely. It's not confusing. But there's just a lot of characters. You're thrown, you're thrown into this world. I did not want Margot Robbie in the bath going back to the big <laughs> short to explain anything. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't need any of this that. This film did like, not need Margot Robbie in the bath. It's no. fine. But, yeah, so I did... There's just a lot of characters. Yeah, loads. And it's a true, like, ensemble drama. There's not really a main character, I feel. It's very equally dealt out to the main three or four mm. so on the spotlight team you have mark ruffalo michael keaton who's the head of the spotlight team rachel mcadams 
and a guy called Brian Darcy James, who you may know from the adverts as the guy with the moustache that you don't know, because that's what I sort of saw him as. I think he's a Broadway actor. Okay. So he's not really been in many films. I didn't know who he yeah, was. Yeah, I'm yet. not familiar with him either. And then you have uh, John Slattery as, I guess he's kind of like the features editor, maybe? Yeah, and I then, think that's his job. And uh, then Leo Schreiber comes in at the beginning as the new editor-in-chief of the Boston Globe. And you've also got Stanley Tucci, uh, Billy Crudup. But um, yeah, so you've got all these big name actors. All None of them are trying to be sentimental or trying to be, trying to have a, a big moment. There's not really what, what you'd call an Oscar moment. No. Because usually there's like, an actor will have one scene where he gives a big monologue or a big showy scene where he breaks down and cries. And that doesn't really happen here. No, and I mean, there's one little bit with Mark Ruffalo, but which not, is great. It's amazing, but, but it's, it's over not, before it's even yeah, started. Exactly, it's not really a a big moment. It's handled very uh, delicately. Yeah, and I think the point, the thing that's so good about this is this is a film to praise the actual spotlight team because yeah. it's completely based on a true story. Yes. Um, the actual team won a Pulitzer Prize for their for their work okay. for the story. Um, and also to highlight and give validation for those children yeah. who had been abused, not just in Boston, but all over. Yeah, well, all at the over. end, this isn't a spoiler, at the end, there's a yeah. list of all the churches where these these cases were found. Yeah. And that's probably one of the worst moments of the film, because when you see that how big this thing was. Sickening, sickening. So sickening yeah, how horrible. long it is. And you yeah, just think that's the last bit. It's so long you don't have time to read it all. No. That's how long the list is, which is says a lot. It's, um, oh, it's just horrible. So that's what this film does. And this film isn't looking for praise from the Oscars. No. It might, it, it it's certainly will get it. it. Yeah. But it wasn't, it's not trying to yeah, get it. That's yeah, that's not. So, and that's kind of what makes it such a good film. Yeah. It's such a slow... Because it's so moral as yeah. well. And it is ethical. very moral, yeah. It's such a... It's a very slow burn as well. Like, they get the case at the beginning just because the new editor-in-chief, Leah Schreiber, has said, um, oh, I saw this article. There wasn't much time to write to it. And everyone else says, yeah, the, the, the case is done. Like, there's nothing... There's no more... Po- there's, not, there's no point investigating it further. And he says, well, maybe there is. Could you maybe look into it? And from there, it just balloons into something massive. And I loved that all four members of the Spotlight team had their own personal investment in it as well. Mm-hmm. So Rachel McAdams, her grandmother's Catholic, and there's a kind of tension there where she's like, oh, but my grandmother loves this. This is her life, and I'm about to destroy it, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark Ruffalo, lapsed Catholic. Brian Darcy James, his kid. I mean, they don't go to Catholic church, but they live in a Catholic neighbourhood, mm-hmm. and he's actually quite close to one of the homes mm. of the potential abuser and Michael Keaton has the here is more of a connection to the lawyers yeah. but there's still a sort of a personal connection that they all have with it which is really nice and it shows how it has affected them personally as well but it doesn't overplay that but yeah not at all it's not like it's a massive burden kind of thing it's, yeah it's still their job so ethical in how it tells the story mm. as close to as possible and there's a um there's an article about the actual spotlight okay crew who went into the set of their offices and they were just blown away by how much detail yeah. there was and each actor 
met with the person they were playing and started to pick up their mannerisms. Okay. And how they moved and how their own personal reactions to the case. So they really wanted to tell this story as closely as possible to what yeah. actually happened. And yeah, they the guy just said when I went into the film set office, it was just like walking back into the yeah. office and his desk was so surreal because it was like there were pictures it was his of his desk. Yeah, yeah. Like exactly where the pictures of my kids were like oh. Yeah. So there's a lot of effort to make it as real as possible and to distance it from being a film. I think mm. films often seen as this thing where you have to use it, you have to make it look like you have to be uh, inventive with it and revolutionary and creative. Whereas this, I, but I don't think that's always a good thing. And this really shows that. Like, they didn't, like, talking talk about the big short last week, this is a film that does not need any breaking the fourth wall, any kind of flashy editing. This just needs to tell the story as best it can, as simply with as little, like, show business. And it does that. And it does that. And it, it really works. Like, this would not be the same film with a, another director, I think. Yeah, it's, it's an outstanding piece of work, really. Can I talk about the score? Mm. The score was by Howard Shaw. Howard Shaw. Of Lord it's, of the Rings fame. Is he? I hate Lord of the Rings. <laughs> 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 he did Doubt, though, as well. Have did you Doubt, which is... Doubt, doubt is... Yeah, a similar Doubt's very theme. good. Yeah. Oh, Doubt is amazing. I loved Doubt. Um, the score is one of the best things about this film for me. Okay. Um... It's a similar... The music throughout is is kind of similar. It's all piano music yeah. that f- sort of follows a similar um, tune, really. And they, they just use it so sparingly, but in moments that are really... They just slightly pick up the pace and mm. just add tension. But what's so brilliant about the score is that I think I'm right in saying it's never used or very rarely used over dialogue. Mm. And it's never used to add tension when they're talking about child abuse because you don't need to add tension when you're talking about something as serious yeah, as that. Yeah, it doesn't need it. You don't need to be... You don't need to tell the audience how to feel because they should yes. react as a human would to that. They don't need yes. to be told, feel sad. They just do. It's, it's just such a powerful... The- Bare facts of the matter yeah, are told speak for themselves. without any huge piano score yeah. over the top of it. And that really blew me away because yeah. so often in films, when it's a tense moment, there's music behind it. And that's great in some instances. But with a film like that, to- talking about such a serious subject that isn't talked about, that's the whole point yeah. of the thing. No one's talking about this. This is being hidden. To not use the music in those moments is as great mm. as the moments when they do use Definitely. it just they kind of quite often use it um when they're looking through files and things like that just to pick up the pace and add that tension um Howard Shaw said that he wanted to use piano music because he liked the idea of an instrument that was black and white yeah. being an instrument that told the story of a newspaper oh, okay like yeah. the attention to detail is extraordinary. Yeah, there's a lot of effort put in the film, I think. Yeah, and it and you really pays think off. It, yeah, because it's so low key. It's you so wouldn't low. automatically think that, but it really is. And yeah, you, when when I came in here, you said, "Oh, well, I love the music," and I remember thinking, "I don't remember the music." Like, it, but just because that's the point, I guess that the film wants you to take away the content. 
it wants you to think about the corruption in the Catholic Church. It doesn't want you to think, oh, the acting was great or, or yeah. the music was outstanding. It doesn't want you to think that. It wants you yeah. to think about what the film's actually about. Exactly. Which is hugely important. The score is just a beautiful um, companion to the quieter moments mm. and the dialogue speaks for itself. Definitely. Yeah, it's a really amazing script actually as well. Mm. Because like we said, we were never confused. They get across so clearly what they need to in every scene. And there's no hyperbole. No. There's no sort of, oh my God, like yeah. huge, oh. We're going to not go full spoiler, but maybe just slightly talk about a, yeah, the this, plot in detail This now. probably is a bit of a spoiler. Let's, so, let's, yeah. let's throw the spoiler alert out now. Let's throw it out there. So when they find out, because at first they're talking, okay, we got definitely have seven priests in the Boston area that we know have abused children. That then quickly becomes 13. And for quite a while it's 13. And then suddenly there's the scene where they talk to the former priest who says, oh, I, I believe it to be around 90. And in most films, that would be a huge moment. Like, the score would build and they'd all be, no, 90. Oh my God, 90. And the camera would be zooming in all over the place. But this was, I mean, obviously it's a shock. They're like, oh my God, 90. But that's it. They have to then quickly still get on with their jobs, have to brush past that. It's There's no huge moment like that. Because that's... The point is, that's it's enough just to say yeah, there's, there's 90, 90 priests, priests in the Boston area that have abused yeah, children. That's, that's enough. enough. Absolutely. And yeah. that's just in every moment where there's a where there's um, a revelation, they never build it up too much. No. It's always just the dialogue, and that just makes it such an outstanding film, and still so punch in the gut. Yeah. Difficult to watch. Proper. It's a real gut punch. Absolutely. I think that, um, for me, the kind of standout actor was, I, can't, I kept changing my mind about who I liked best. Let's talk about your thoughts. Well, <clears throat> obviously, Mark, I think Mark Ruffalo's the showiest, because he kind of has this, not a twitch, but he's kind of, you can tell he's playing, he's playing a character. Okay, yeah. I mean, he's... He's kind of the detective. He's the jumpy journalist. Yeah, he's very jumpy. Yeah. And I kind of thought, yeah, okay, that's quite an interesting. And he has this funny haircut, and he has the could have been any of us moment, which is which is outstanding, incredible, like really amazingly um, performed this Mm. this speech. But then Michael Keaton, very laid back, but always believable. Um, Even Leah Schreiber, the editor in chief, who's kind of barely has any lines to be honest and he's I think his facial expression never changes it's so low-key but he was really convincing I thought yeah I as this kind of loner him. yeah that was a really nice he's a really nice little character yeah this, this sort of lonely guy is always in the office late um and he gets into all these you know he's the editor-in-chief of the Boston Globe he's got an important job he's goes to a lot of charity events but he's still just very calm and very internal mm. and that was a really nice performance as well it's a very internal film, I think. Rachel McAdams, very strong, interesting. There's no weak players no. here. I really enjoyed Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Just every time he was on screen, I was really captivated. And he, his character is one of the main characters that gets the point across. Again, not too sort of over overly done, but it gets the point across that it's not the victim's fault or it's not the survivor's mm. fault. Yeah, that they were abused and 
he has two moments where he has the big the bigger moment where he sort of says it could have been any one of us and then he has another moment where he's talking to um another person who went to the same high school as someone yeah who was abused and he has this great scene which we're probably in huge spoiler territory Sorry. now but where he says hey did you play what team did you play on yeah and the guys i can't remember what he says but he plays on a sports team and then Mark Ruffalo says, okay, well, the person who was abused played on the hockey team. And that was Michael Keaton. Was it Michael mm, Keaton? That bit was Michael Keaton. Sorry <laughs> to interrupt you there. <laughs> I'm just praising Mark Ruffalo for something yeah, that Michael but, Keaton did. Yeah. But both actors have those. Those are two great moments, actually. I was going to bring up. The Michael Keaton part at the end, Let, yeah, where he talks, where he, yeah, where he has these this moment, this scene, it's kind of, and then he has the scene where he goes to his lawyer friend's house. Mm, that's so. And then he has the list of names, and he, Michael Keaton says to the lawyer, he says, oh, basically, can you tick which names you know were abusing kids? And at first he's no, get out of my house. And in the end, he comes out and he gets gets a pen, gets the paper, and he's all, you don't see what he's doing, but he's ticking names off whatever and gives it back and he's circled every single name on the list yeah and I was like wow that was great like in a sort of horrific way but just really great drama mm. also loved the scene where you've got kind of two scenes interwoven where Rachel McAdams is meeting one abused victim and then Mark Ruffalo is talking to another with Stanley Tucci and they're sort of and like like we said earlier there's Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. No music. Mm. So it's just one scene to the other. One, usually in these sort of montage scenes, there's a sort of uh, building of tension, building of music. But here there's, it's literally just... He said this, she said that, he said this, he said this. And it's done really well. And it's a really nice way to get those two stories across without them just being repetitive, I felt. Having them both at the same time. Yeah. Which was really impressive. Really impressive in how it portrays the survivors. Yeah. And just never making it so that they are sensationalised. Yeah, it could have been very easy to make them all... um, broken broken people mm. and all completely i mean obviously their lives are you know not destroyed but their lives are deeply affected by this but in part because they've had to hide it yeah. that's what's so but I, what's nice was they are the one of the guys is like oh my wife and kids don't know i don't want my name sort of thing but 
they are normal people. Mm. They're not because I mean there is the first guy. I think his name is Phil Salviano. Yes. He. He's played by. Neil Huff. Yeah. He is kind of he's come to the globe before. And has given them all this information, and he said, "Oh, last time everyone shot me down." And then even John Slattery's character said, "So the animal, he's like a, he's a fruitcake. He's crazy. We can't deal with him. He's a conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy theorist, etc." And that's kind of, I feel, a slightly ex- existing um, preconception about abused victims that they're mm. all emotionally severely damaged and can't lead normal lives. Yeah. Whereas this shows actually it's not the case, and. It actually happens to more people than I think we think. Um, so in that sense, that's handled very delicately and sensitively. Yeah, that was another one that um, so Neil Huff met with the real life. Oh, okay. And sort of spoke to him about his role in the story and stuff. I don't know. I couldn't find out whether um, every survivor that's featured was a real character, was a real person, was, yeah, or if they met. I, okay. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't find that out. But um, definitely Phil Saviano, who is the first key person who... Came forward. They talked to, yeah. Okay. Um, I know that they met. And... Yeah. I think I now really want this film to win Best Picture, to be honest. Yeah. Because for a while I was thinking, oh, The Revenant, I want The Revenant to win. I want The Revenant to win. But now I'm thinking, oh, I kind of think Spotlight is more important... It's more important that this kind of film wins. That where instead of a a car chase, there's people looking through filing cabinets. The the, the most like action packed scene is when Mark Ruffalo is trying to get to the courthouse in time to get some documents. Yeah. Which is is dramatic. You know, you don't need high tension to make that a great scene. To make that a great dramatic scene. So I really hope this wins. The only actor that's... I think Rachel McAdams and Mark Ruffalo are nominated in supporting roles. Kind of wish uh, they all were nominated, to be honest. It won Best Ensemble at the um, Screen Actors Guild Awards. That's a good shout. Which is a very... Yeah. yeah. It was up against The Big Short. I yeah. A lot of people thought The Big Short would win, but it's no. got to be spotlight now. Yeah. This completely blows Big Short out of the water for me. Oh. Like... Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're both two films about corruption exactly. in a big way. Yeah. But I would take the way that Spotlight's dealt with it yeah. any day. It's sort of made with an invisible eye. Like, mm. the camera, you never, you're not, you, never, you're, you never think you're watching a film. You're completely involved in the verisimilitude of the film. Big words there. Big words from <laughs> Sam. Um, do you have any kind of... Uh, negative criticism towards the film at all? Is there any little niggling point you think that if they did... Is Sam, it... I noticed a continuity error. <gasps> oh no. Go on. And as soon as I saw it I was annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. It's a classic. Mm-hmm. You know when um, I'm a bit worried to say this because now anyone who sees it will just look at that scene but I'm going to say you know it's the classic thing of when an actor is making notes, talking mm-hmm. to someone, and then obviously it hasn't been filmed in sequence, yeah. or they've taken different shots, and the writing on the page... Changes. Changes from a full page <laughs> to a blank page, to half a page, to a oh. page that's been turned over. And the minute I saw it, I was just like, oh. 
in a film that pays such attention to detail, yeah. that little bit just I know I sound like Robert Webb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate that. But but even yeah. that that's actually that's the only thing that okay. I could find. I think you're probably gonna say something. I, think, my yeah. thing is nothing like I generally wouldn't change this film at all, but I think Even now I've told you about the notepad. Even even the notepad. <laughs> obviously changed the notepad. <laughs> but I just I thought Maybe if I if someone had a gun to my head and said you have to find a bad thing about this film, I'd guess I'd say maybe I want a little bit more of the aftermath. Actually, lots of um, survivors of mm-hmm. abuse who've seen this film said that that's a really important story that needs telling. Yeah. But it's needed for a different film. Yes, I, I absolutely agree. I think that I think because I think that would add another ten fifteen minutes mm. to a, you know. Two hour film, or and so. the aftermath is ongoing as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. It's still going on. I just make because they print the they print the article. It's released. You see them reading it, but you don't. I, I just kind of I I guess I expected, and maybe this is just because it's a more conventional way to end it. You'd see the victims they were talking to read the paper as well, but I, mean, I guess that because it's more about the uh, the spotlight team. Yeah, so, I like, think the film's called Spotlight, and it, it is needs about to focus the team. on them a yeah. bit more. But I just kind of, I just, I guess, I expected one more thing from the Catholic Church, or one more thing, for, or like someone from the Catholic Church saying, "Oh, you're not going to go over this," or something like that. Mm. It doesn't need it, but no, I just but, expected no. one more thing. Yeah, and then you have got the text at the end, how they wrote six hundred more articles about abuse in the Catholic Church. Um, oh, one more thing, not one more thing, but another thing: the setting and the way they filmed Boston was amazing because yeah. Boston is really overused in film mm-hmm. so you've got things like it's and it's always used to tell a crime story as well yes so Black Mass recently The Town The Departed gone, you know all of these usually Ben Affleck films but and it's all like it, um, Irish gangsters and talking about no you don't say that to a Southie and all that kind of stuff and it was really nice to show the fact that it's actually a heavy Catholic family city, mm. which is often sort of pushed to the side and just used for crime. So that was really, it's a, obviously it's a real story, but it's a great setting for this story, a heavy Catholic town. One of my favourite scenes was, and it really showed, I think, the setting well, was when um, it's to, one of the journalists discovers that they live nearby to yeah. a house that's being used to um it's like a rehabilitation centre. Is it re- for, is that what they call it? Sort that, of like rehab. Kind of for for paedophile priests. Yeah. yeah. Um and he jogs from his home yeah. to the place. Yeah. And just it's at night time yeah. and the way it's that that's so done creepy. is so creepy. But all it is is a yeah. man running to a house that's that's so got the shutters drawn. I loved it when he and he takes a picture of it. Yeah. Sticks it on the fridge and writes a note: "Kids, stay away from this house." Yeah. And, oh, and any men you see, you buy it, sort of thing. Which is another way of shows how the case is almost personal to him in that respect. Mm. And I also loved it when when the article's printed, he gets the paper and slams it on their doorstop. Yeah. As if like we like, got you. We got yeah, you. Yeah, we got you. And that's actually the only moment, and you don't even really see his face doing that no. in a kind of like yes way. Because again, this 
isn't a film where there are winners. No, that yeah, I think I think I said earlier something they when they win. I may have said that. Yeah, know, you did. But yeah, that's not the right word to use at all. Yeah, because they don't win. <clears throat> this is just the first step. I mean, the fact that this happened over ten years ago now, it's still going on. It's still very real. It's quite mind blowing, really. And also, the Globe has short comings too because mm. it didn't print an yeah. earlier story that's an interesting little almost subplot where yeah. there's a kind of not a mystery but a kind of there's hints that they've either contributed to brushing this under the rug in the past and for a while i was like oh it's definitely john slattery's character mm. but it turns out it was michael keaton yeah who was the one he and he says i don't even remember doing it but i wrote a i got them to write this right people to write a sort of mini column about it and then i was done with it and that was interesting as well. And it it was kind of explained by... Oh, I didn't want to think about it. Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. how he said... I mean, he said he didn't remember, but he says kind of the whole thing is, is like <clears throat> there's, there's too many yeah. people in the world who don't want to think about this type of thing. Mm. And because people just don't want to think about it, it gets hidden. Yeah. One of the lines that has been quoted a lot from the film, which really sort of is a great line... Um, if it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a village, village to, to abuse, abuse a child. one. Yeah, that's a, that's a Stanley Tucci's character. I think, yeah, has that line. Yeah, who's brilliant? He's really good, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. and a nice sort of prickly, not oddball, but compared to the other people, slightly eccentric, I guess, and slightly. Well, if you compare um, Stanley's character now, remind me of the name of the lawyer who's in the big glass that's building. That's uh, Billy Crudup. Or crewed up, the actor. Let's yeah. call him Billy. Billy. <laughs> Billy and Stanley, right? They're yeah, both lawyers. Polar opposites. Yeah. Yeah. But I love the way that they are first introduced. At the same time, essentially. Yeah. yeah. But Billy is shown in his office with a big glass thing behind him. With the skyline of yeah. Boston. Yeah. He sits um, in a chair next to the uh, journalist. He's very open in his body language. Mm. Okay, so his whole scene is kind of like, I'm really open, I've got nothing to hide, like the glass, Mm. right? And then you go to Stanley, who is first introduced by shouting and not wanting to be seen. And his office is a desk filled with papers and papers so much that you hardly even see his face. And I don't think there's any natural light either. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved the way they've done... Yeah, that's really clever. ...both the offices and first impressions and how actually it's the one in the big glass office that's got something to hide. And Stanley's character is the one who's really got a heart. Yeah. And it was funny that with Billy Crudup's character that for a while he was kind of a villain-ish. Like he was sort of evil lawyer. But then when he has a sort of redemptive moment when he says, I sent these names to you five years ago and you turned me down kind of thing yeah which that that actually which, was a big surprise to me because from all the trailers i'd see i'd thought oh he's going to be the the main antagonist effectively of the film and the one that's trying to sort of block this all but actually he helps them in yeah. effect in a way however i mean I obviously did... he is still not the nicest of characters <laughs> no, but... but i did think that that was kind of like just to get them off his back or in no kind of um, the idea of if you say something once, that's enough. Yeah, that's true, actually. And in a, in a case like this, it's never enough to say something once mm. if you're not listened to. If he genuinely cared... He would have told them the first time they saw yeah. him and gave it to them again. 
And I thought that was a good kind of moral thing of just because you've told one... If you're in a position of power, just because you've done a good thing once and nothing's happened of it doesn't mean, right, that's the burden off me. Because there's lots of things about... So the first scene of the film, actually, we haven't even talked about, because the very first scene is back in the 70s. 70s, um, And it's a bishop, I think, bishops? Yeah. With, or priests, with a family, and they're saying... In a police station. In a police station. And they're saying, this never happens. Mm. I'm going to take him straight off. Um, yeah, remove him from the parish. Yeah, um, this is like a once in a blue moon situation. I'm yeah. really sorry, but, you know. Yeah. And it's so chilling. That's a great opener as well. It's a great opener. Yeah. And it is that feeling of the parents and the children, or the, say the children, when you're a child, you have so many, there are so many people around you who are in positions of power. There's your parents, then there's the church, there's the police. Mm. And all of those people need to shout for their children. Yeah. And if they're not listened to, shout louder. Uh, there's also a good moment where they're interviewing one of the, a potential victim, and when the, they, they, he says something like, "Oh, the priest came round and etc." And the look, the reporter asks, "Oh, what did your mum do?" And he says, "My mum. My mum put cookies out." Yeah. Because obviously this is a heavy Catholic, and they talk a lot about how the priest coming into your house was like God coming into your house. Yeah. They're treated with so much respect, and these like they're so um, they're so holy, and you have to treat them as such in these. Um, working class Catholic families so it's absolute abuse of power and I one of the well, another great line I think is when um, Phil Saviano says it's not just physical abuse it's abuse of your faith yeah or something to that effect because he's you're obviously completely shaked you never trust a priest again will you so to wrap up any final points you wish to add yes um did you see, this is just kind of a tangent, but mm-hmm. it's on a similar thing. Did you see Darren Brown on TV? Recently? Yeah. No. Okay, so he did this show called The Push. Yes. You're going to wonder where I'm going with this. But it's all about how when you are met with someone who's in a position of power, mm-hmm. you go along with it. Okay. So it's about this... Um, they kind of set up this guy, and um, he ends. It escalates to the point that an actor who he thinks is um, a benefactor of a charity mm-hmm. dies, and he's convinced to like hide the body. Right. And he's just an ordinary guy, but because of everything that's happened before, he feels vulnerable and like he needs to. He just goes along with it because of of the position in power. And there was an experiment in the 60s, Stanley Milgram, Mm -hmm. who did a similar thing where he got um, people to press... um, They believed that someone was in another room wired up to electricity. Right. And they're in a separate room and they are told to increase the volts of electricity that are going towards this person. And they can hear them screaming with pain. And just because someone's in a white coat telling you to do telling it. them you must continue okay. with the experiment. And even when they try and stop, they say you must continue with the experiment. A ridiculous number of them carried all the way 
even when the machine they were using said may cause death if you go to right. this many volts of electricity and all of these things i just wanted to bring it up because it says in the film like there's points when they're talking to the survivors and the survivors say he asked me to do this act and you're yeah. going to wonder why i did it but i just did just do did it do because it. it's yeah. god yeah. And there are so many instances throughout history that have proved that humans will just do as cooperate yeah. and do as they're told. And I think it's done really, really well in the film, but I wanted to bring up those two things just because I think there's so much guilt placed on the survivors yeah. for why they did it. And it's just shown throughout history that especially when you're a vulnerable child you do just do those things you do as you're told you do what um, important you, the people that you have brought, been brought up trust. to believe are important and you trust yeah. them yeah you trust them um and james rose as well mm-hmm. did um he's a musician who was abused as a child um at school mm-hmm. and someone another teacher walked in on it happening but they didn't do anything right okay and he, for complicated reasons, he almost wasn't allowed to publish his autobiography. Um, and it was a big, like, freedom of speech case. Um, so I just wanted to bring up those things just in case anyone, like, listening or stuff. Like, there are things out there that show that yeah. this happens to a lot of people and it's absolutely not your fault at all. Definitely. There's a lot of, I think a lot of, in the film, the details the victims give, there's not much like physical force against them yeah. they're just told to do things and they often say you're gonna yeah like you said you're gonna think it's, you're gonna ask why I did it and I yeah. like, almost can't explain why they did it because they're being manipulated so hugely important film definitely and Michael Keaton's character this is what we were gonna yeah. talk about says um, he's talking to someone and he says oh one of the one of the coaches was a hockey coach it's just lucky that you and me didn't play hockey yeah and it's that thing of it could have been anyone. Yeah, they all all, all went to Catholic, uh, yeah. Catholic churches when they were young boys and girls. There's an important point in the film actually where it's <gasps> not just boys. boys; it's girls as well. And they abused. always refer to it as children rather yeah, than boys. Definitely, which is really important. Yeah. So for me, this is a out and out five star film. Mm-hmm. No questions about it. Film film of the it's already film of the year, I think at the moment. For you. So far, I mean, it's very <laughs> we're only mum month in, but I I want to see it again. I want to see it again. I mean, it's because a hard there's watch, so but there's much. so much going on, and it's I think it's really important to get everything from it. Every scene has really been thought about, and I want to see all those scenes. And definitely four and a half. Okay, not going four or five. Interesting. So really uh, good film. <laughs> yeah, you really have you good. have said. I mean, it's. The film that everyone's talking about at the moment, and it's probably going to win Best Picture. That's the current odds. I'm going five. I'm going five. I'm yes, Helen. <laughs> uh, so thank you very much for listening. Next week will be a much lighter and fluffier topic. We'll be talking about Trumbo, starring Brian Cranston as the blacklisted screenwriter. Heisenberg is back. Return of Walter White, absolutely. Uh, so that's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye. Black. 
planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.